0: Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of
1: Emo Shelley,
2: meth hookers,
1: and Mitch. Hey, I'm not your dead boyfriend, okay? Ross. From Friends? No, from uh, the movie that we're talking about today, That was my favorite episode
0: of Friends when um, somebody had a skeleton boyfriend, and Ross didn't like it Because he doesn't really do that whole skeleton thing Some so, friend he is Yeah he's more like a fucking asshole Am I right And so you know there was a lot of skeleton tension Because the boyfriend was dead Just like Punk is That's what we're talking about today Do you understand Punk's dead That's the movie
2: <laughs> Is this anything <laughs> <laughs> I guess the listeners will have to let you know. We'll have to see. This um, isn't a big enough focus group.
0: We got, we got generode real bad. Um, <sighs> this, uh, is a movie called Punk's Dead SLC Punk 2, or in some cases, just Punk's Dead SLC Punk. And in other cases, it's just called Punk's Dead. Really kind of depends on who you ask. Um, it's a sequel to SLC Punk a movie that uh, at least 66% of this podcast had very firmly never heard of in our lives mm-hmm. up until we got genered so right away I need to ask a quick question to Liam the 33% of this podcast that seems to know what this is what
2: <laughs> what did we just lose him no, Corey was just, I guess that's all he needed to get the message across. And I get it. I understand the question. Um, what, what indeed? So SLC Punk, and I'll admit, I I, hadn't, I had not seen SLC Punk before uh, we signed on to do this episode. This was the final push I needed. But SLC Punk is one of those movies that I feel like I've always known about, certainly since my early teen years. In fact, um, right after I documented, got done watching the first SLC Punk in preparation for Punk's Dead, I went to a uh, the Facebook chat that I've had with a friend that I've had since 2012. And I, I searched SLC Punk in the chat because I knew that she had mentioned this movie to me long ago. And a message came up from 2012 where she was like, have wow. you seen SLC Punk? And I was like, no. Have you seen Mean Creek? And she was like, no. But I just, she said, I just watched SLC Punk, and, and it was good. And I said, yeah, I've been meaning to watch it for a good long while. And even in 2012, I was saying that. And so I sent her a message back the other day, and I said, finally got around to SLC Punk. I just had a couple other things I had to get to. but There's um, <laughs> had been a decade's worth of other stuff in the way, and then I, I finally <laughs> squeezed it in. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but SLC Punk, it's this movie that came out in 1998, and um, from what I've gathered over the last... 10 or so years is that it's just like this cult classic kind of coming of age college type movie um that uh a a pretty uh significant uh generate like part of a generation has heard of like i've got an older friend kyle who listens to this show and kyle is hey kyle how's it going man um, he's like in his early 30s. He's a big punk dude, and he loves this movie. Um, I have a pen pal friend who is in a band that I'm playing with soon. And uh, he's about 30 years old. And he uh when he got word of my Matthew Lillard shirt, my my shirt inspired by Scream that just says Matthew Lillard in the original Scream font, he was like, "Oh man, that original Scream is such a classic." And then he was like, "SLC Punk also also a Matthew Lillard classic." And I said, "Oh, you know, I've been meaning to see that for some time, but I've just never gotten to it." Um and so it's a movie that like it actually does have quite a following and so i was surprised you guys hadn't heard of it particularly because of the names that are in it which is why Mm. i've wanted to see it for so long i mean you guys know that i love like uh coming of age teen college type movies so that's already a win for me and um I really like punk music. But also the cast is what has sealed it for me and made it a movie that I knew I would get to at some point because it's got Matthew Lillard. He's right there on the poster. And this is like 1998 Matthew Lillard. So not that long after Scream. It's got Devin Sawa, who I love as a late 90s actor. He was in Final Destination. He was in casper the friendly ghost he was in idle hands um he was in the music video for stan by eminem so he's just like one of those faces that i like it also has jason siegel one of my all-time favorite actors from freaks and geeks how i met your mother um it has (laughs) the uh the singer from the band that beats school of rock in the movie school of rock (laughs) he's in this movie he's in the original
1: movie two weeks in a row school of rock
2: yeah, dude, if I work hard enough, I can make School of Rock come up in any conversation. All roads lead back to School of Rock for me. Um, so it's 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 just one of those movies that sort of uh, has always loomed over me. And so I was really excited that we um, rolled it, uh, the sequel, so that I could just watch the original. And the sequel you guys are not wrong in not having heard of it because it is very much a they made another one like i would think most Mm -hmm. slc punk fans are going to be surprised that there is a sequel that came out in 2015 also
0: Um, really quick for the record slc took me a little longer than i'm willing to admit to put two and two together here salt lake city Yeah,
2: I is is what that means. I never (laughs) knew that. It took me. It took a while into me watching the original before it clicked. I've I've never known what the SLC meant. I thought Mm. it was just like a
0: provocative, like you know how TLC used to be the Learning Channel and now it's just TLC. Like
1: I thought it was just like a provocative series of letters. Yeah, Mm. it
2: is. It doubles as both.
1: I remember like seeing like the Olympic Games, which were held there in 2002, and SLC being used in relation to that. But. The
0: S L C O L Y M P I C S. Nice. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I failed a spelling bee
2: once. I uh I complained about a spelling bee once. I took it to the claim what? board in my in my grade two class because what? I I what? What's a claim board? Hey, I got stung
1: by a spelling bee once. <laughs>
2: it's like a claim board. It's like where you file cl- claims and complaints, you know? Is and this be like this, this needs to be resolved. The plaintiff does not like
1: that race car is, uh, you know, spelled both <laughs> ways. <laughs>
2: the complainant does not think that that should be the case. The
1: plaintiff says that why
0: did they make race car the kayak of words?
2: <laughs> Basically, I spelt uh, color without the U. And I got marked incorrect for it. And I thought that that was bullshit because my dad has dual citizenship. And so I <laughs> I, I went up and I said, hey, in America, this is this is spelled without a U. And I'm just uh, honoring my father. That's meaningless. That was, that's a, just, it's a Canadian like, spelling bee. That's meaningless. My dad has dual citizen. That's so that, funny. That's exactly man. what the teacher said to me, Mitch. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for trudging that one up.
1: Honestly, I stand with the I stand with the teacher. I hope they crushed you for that.
2: But you know what? It worked out for me because at my work we use an American program, and so whenever I spell words that uh, would have a U in them in Canada, the spell check tells me I'm doing it wrong, and yeah. I've got to switch it. So it all paid off for me. Yeah. I won in the end.
1: You fucking spell theater E R, not R E. Disgusting. That's right. <laughs> Center gusto.
2: All roads lead back to spelling things incorrectly. Mm-hmm. okay so i want to know guys i understand you hadn't heard of this movie is that the only reason you were like dreading this because you guys have it seems you've been dreading this the last few like the last week and being very dramatic about it so i have i have as to um, why. so i just want to clarify that like i absolutely
1: have like heard or i'm like aware of the original okay, i can see we're not, lying. Like, not like title necessarily like, the title it doesn't seem familiar, but I've definitely seen fo- seen photos of like, you know, that entire cast like with like liberty spikes and mohawks like back in the in the day like I've seen stills from it in like, um, like books and and whatnot, but um, so like. I guess I'm like aware of it. Cause I feel like it gets mentioned like with a lot of the nineties sort of counterculture movies, but like, I'm not like super aware of it. My friend Brandon, who listens to the show, uh, reached out. Hey, and said Brandon. That he fucking loves the original. Um, there you go. But yeah, did I, he know about this? I'm not sure if he did. I don't think so, but I don't want to speak for him. Um, but yeah, so sort of like, I guess like vaguely aware of it or at least of the imagery, but, uh, I could never have like, I couldn't say much more than that. Yeah.
0: Um, I was playing it up last week because it's, it was funny to me that a movie went straight to iTunes in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, that was mostly where my sort of ire was coming from was just making a joke about that. Um, I didn't really know one way or the other, where it was going to go. I was purely doing like a funny, ha ha judge a book by its cover kind of situation. um, that's about it. But I, I maybe like had some sort of vague familiarity with like the imagery of the poster because it's Matthew Lillard doing like a kind of thing. But um, it's the nineties. Yeah, 90s. I didn't know shit. I you know, uh, SLC may as well have stood for Still Learning Cinema Punk because I hadn't heard of this movie. Um, but uh, yeah. That's
2: about my assessment of that. Well, let's let's talk about it uh, in reverse because you guys still haven't seen the original, right? Uh, no, 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 I uh, I did not have the time to do, do you, both.
1: Would you say the original is yeah, worth it took me tracking, about a decade to tracking mm-hmm. down?
2: yeah absolutely yes Um, it seems
0: extremely like something Liam would like just based on my very loose understanding of what it is
2: yeah I'll Uh I'll talk I'll talk about it more as we go through the episode but I would say regardless of how you guys feel about this movie uh, if you like it then definitely track it down but even if you don't like this movie the original is different enough like it it belongs to a very specific period in time for Mm -hmm. filmmaking and like within the culture and stuff and it doesn't take place in the 90s it takes place in the 80s so that's the sort of punk scene it's channeling you get to see all those actors i listed while they're young so it's it's a very it's very interesting it's worth like joy
1: Joy division and like sort of like more like 80s stuff
2: yeah yeah 80s stuff and they don't actually do a lot of specific band references it's more just talking about like the culture and and what punk is like it's a lot of house shows it's not they're, they're not all about like uh the whole movie is about them trying to go to like a ramones concert or something right, right? it's it's a bit more general than that status oh gosh i wish slc punk 3 come on <laughs>
1: <laughs> now the the culture on display in on this one sort of feels like the like weird kids you knew in high school who would make out under the staircase during it's lunch theater hour. kids it's it's a th- he's a theater kid
0: like i <laughs> <laughs> he's got extreme theater kid energy and I don't mean that in, like a mean way but it's just like everybody knows what I mean if I say that he's dressed Who like are, a fucking are, vampire A <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ross uh, Lord Byron yeah the rest yeah. don't but he does um, just a quick rundown this movie uh, is about a kid named Ross Whose dad is named Heroin Bob, and he died. Um, no, we're gonna see a lot of that guy. Uh, in, I guess they're not flashbacks because he's like in heaven. I think. No, so they're they're like meanwhiles. Yeah, they're meanwhiles. They're, like they're
1: omnipresent like, authority figure narrator
0: narration type, Yeah, type vibe. And so Ross is like a goth kid, like a Victorian era goth kid. <laughs> who doesn't do anything and is like proud of not being part of any like groups and like likes to talk about death and doesn't drink or do nothing and and his mom his mom Trish runs like a steampunk store uh which apparently has a huge fucking <laughs> <laughs> a huge draw in Salt Lake City. Um and he uh he falls in love with a girl who cheats on him and it breaks his heart and this sends him on this kind of spiral where he decides to take like a bit of like a self-destructive party field trip with the boys and uh I don't uh, know, A field trip? Yeah.
1: I so knew this- I should have stayed home today. They're
0: going <laughs> On a on a field trip to this concert somewhere. In a de Ville. And I'm gonna say now that this movie does a really, really terrible job communicating where they're going, where it is, and where that is in relation to where everybody else is. So I'm just gonna say they're going somewhere.
1: It's directionless. <laughs> they're going to wherever this
0: show is. Um and then along the way, uh, Ross has to sort of, like, reckon with, like, this sort of persona that he's built about himself and his, like, fuck you guys, I'm better than you kind of vibe that he has. And he learns to just sort of, like, let loose and kind of be himself. Meanwhile, his mom is really worried about where he is, so a variety of characters from the first movie show up and try to find him. It's about the gist of it uh and then the movie's over after 68 minutes which uh, i think is a record for uh this podcast um if you don't count uh bazinga christmas which uh, i usually kind of put in its own category <laughs> it has to be one of the shortest we've done for sure no i think it is the shortest before credit like because i i count it by like when the credits start yeah because i'm always just curious about what that number is it's 68 minutes
1: yeah
0: crazy i Um, I watched
1: it today like right before the show like right before we recorded like i'm watching it
0: right now Um, i'm
1: actually finished i don't know
0: where we're going (laughs) um and so uh the director writer and editor are all the same guy uh which is usually either one of two things in my opinion it's either good or bad
2: yeah uh kevin smith all his movies are like that and 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 those are the two possibilities of Kevin Smith movies as well. It's true. Um, So James
0: Merandino directed, wrote, and edited this movie. He did SLC Punk, uh, if you can believe that. Uh, He also did something called Magicians and one movie title that I thought sounded kind of neat. Witchcraft 4, The Virgin Heart. And then I looked up what's Witchcraft. And uh, Witchcraft is a movie series with 16 entries. Dang, Jeez, we'll be seeing the, that on the podcast. Soon. They're
1: just begging for us to get into that.
0: Yeah, it's tr- Roma, I think.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so fucking down. There. Let's go. Yeah. High school me would be like, I don't. High school me probably knew that.
0: Yeah. The only other um, thing we have to talk about because there's no music credit because it's just bands and stuff. Uh, so uh, cinematography is by Thomas L Calloway. He has 127 credits, including a movie we almost did recently, Slumber Party Massacre 2. He also shot Magicians. Uh, speaking of Looney Tunes back in action, he shot Michael Jordan, an American Hero, um, Cruel Intentions 3, Critters 3 and 4, and then two movies that were featured on Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst, Action USA, which is a, mm-hmm. a Chuck Norris movie, and uh, Ghetto Blaster, which is a movie that I believe involves a weaponized ghetto blaster oh
2: dear what Um, a resume Corey. did you say cruel intentions three i did say that yes holy i didn't even know there was a two that's going to the top of my list
0: we could do this podcast cruel intentions three sounds extremely poison ivy too
2: oh my gosh (laughs) okay i'm not even gonna look up what year that came out and and i don't know if it ever comes up on the podcast i'm just going into it Uh, And then we've got a pretty quick cast here. We've got uh, Ben Schnetzer, who is
0: Ross. He's actually in a... They just did an adaptation of Why the Last Man on TV. He was in that. Um, Hannah Marks is Penny. She was a... Liam, you probably saw this movie. Daniel Isn't Real. I did, yeah. She's in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been meaning to see that because the poster's cool. (laughs) It is a great poster. Um, uh, Colson Baker, a.k.a. fucking Machine Gun Kelly is in this movie. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, dramatically more famous currently than he was at the time of making this movie. Um, just just like a mountain more
1: famous than he was at the time. In this movie, he almost feels like, like I don't know if any of you have ever acted in like small productions where you take on a part that you regret, but it, it feels like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also in, he's also done a lot of acting recently, though. That's
2: true. Uh, he's in Jackass 4. He's in... <laughs> What? Acting. <laughs> it's just weird to go, he's done a lot of acting and then jump to Jackass 4 as That's an not, example. Not acting.
1: I, feel like, I feel like Jackass doesn't really have that much acting. It's it's made its name by being pretty authentic. Okay,
0: yeah. well, he's in there. Fuck you guys. He's also in a movie called Nerve. He's in mm-hmm. something called Project Power. And he's in a Western called The Last Son of Isaac LeMay. And I'm like, they got Machine Gun Kelly doing fucking Westerns? What the fuck?
1: Honestly, I could see him in a western. He's got I can that like he's got he's that got, lanky sort of bean pole at like, what the hell are you doing in this yeah, part of town, like, you, you shit could, kicker. You, you could dress him up
0: like Buster Scruggs and
1: I'd probably yeah. buy it. Well, tie my leg to a horse and slap its ass. What the hell are you doing around here, machine gun Kelly?
0: Um we've got Sarah Clark playing Trish, which is Ross's mom. She's actually in a movie that may well fucking win Best Picture this year. Um she's in Coda. Uh, she was also on 24, and she plays Renee in all of the Twilight movies. Um, Devin Sawa, as Liam mentioned, uh, is in uh, the Stan music video, uh, Final Destination. He's also in a movie called Death Rider in the House of Vampires, which sounds so cool. I had to write it down. Um, that is nice. I don't know that one. Uh, Michael Gorgian. Dude, sorry, bud. Plays heroin. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. He plays heroin Bob. He was in SLC Punk and also Newsies. Um, Adam Pascal plays Eddie. He was also in SLC Punk and Rent, and he's the guy from School of Rock. So uh, he
2: oh me. I'm heart sick.
0: And it's got, got a great got, voice. We have got James Duvall playing John. He was no, in Donnie No America. relation to Robert. Uh, Jenny Jaffe plays Shelley. She was a she was and is a writer. She's written for College Humor. Big Hero Six, the TV show, Teen Titans Go as well. She's getting around. Then we've got Emma Pace, Levi Wilson, Errol Grant, and then Jared Phillips is Penny's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh one of the location scouts for Midsummer, and he also has a very small part in Hereditary. Okay. Among so who is
1: he playing Hereditary?
0: Uh it's the it just said like I think it said like group leader. I think it's when uh, oh, Tony Colette goes to that.
1: Right. Uh, that sort of woo woo. Like I think yeah. so.
0: Yeah. yeah um, no. And then we've got Patrick cool. Delvar and Braxton McAllister plays the cop, and he's actually do, he's a big stunt guy. Uh, uh-huh. So he he did stunts for like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Top Gun that's not out yet, uh, Wind River. Um, yeah. So there's that. So we've got some some we got some, some people who do some yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, people do it. People are out here. People got around. Yeah, people who do things. Words, 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 words. Um, so I feel like Liam has to be the person to kind of set the pace here, mm. just with like enough of a familiarity to sort of give us a benchmark. So Liam, without any further ado, let's just cut to the fucking chase, bro. You know. Um, yeah. What do uh, what you think? About, uh, this whole, this whole,
2: this whole SLC Punk 2 situation. <laughs> no wonder you shortened your previous question, just what? <laughs> well, so, man. so, Liam, what? <laughs> easier to get through that way. Okay, um, because I was, I was really disenchanted by this movie. Um, I... Ella disenchanted. I am just, uh i'm i'm kind of befuddled by it confused by it i think it is pretty um it's it's kind of just like a bland butter like it doesn't even (laughs) have there's no salt in the butter and like when i eat toast like i like to have like peanut butter on on my toast or maybe like some jam something a bit more interesting and this is just like real plain butter but it's almost butter without even the bread like so i'm just like what is the purpose of this butter i just don't know why why it's here spread
1: it on my biscuits
2: um i i think i think this movie is really hampered by the fact that it was um crowdfunded I learned this afterwards, but... Oh, this- I got to tell you really quick. I The second it said straight to
0: iTunes, my brain went, this movie got a Kickstarter or something. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was close. <laughs> it got an Indiegogo. Yeah, but-
2: it, it got an Indiegogo, and I think it really shows just in that, like, the, the budget of the movie feels really small and also, uh, and that's okay, but more... Uh, um, more dire to the final product is that the ideas feel really small, and and maybe that's like um, a consequence of the budget or something. Because mm. no no one would have forced this guy into making this movie. You know, he wanted to make the movie. He crowdfunded it, and so he he had his idea. And in fact, um, there's a quote from the director where he said, "I want to pull this up." Uh, so the the director he said. I made SLC Punk when I was a kid, and accordingly, the story is naive and, as just a coming of age story, not finished. The characters are facing big questions 18 years later as outsiders, punk rockers. (laughs) What relevance do they have in a world where all statements have already been made? In the years since I made SLC Punk, it has found a rather large and supportive following who have been very kind to me. So, in making a sequel, I feel I owe it to those people to really do it right. I think Mm. that's a very interesting quote. I related to the quote a lot before I watched the sequel because I really liked <laughs> I really liked the first SLC punk, but I gotta say, it didn't win me over and speak to me the way I thought it would. I I thought that it a lot of it very much felt like a, a listless, sort of self-important student film um, that is just like a lot of the ideas are just speaking at you. And we I party
1: think- so fucking hard. Nobody drinks more than <laughs> us and nobody does. And nobody punks out more than us. And nobody is as poorly behaved as we are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of the, most of the statements in the movie are more just about like, um, what the dude Within thinks the about the, the punk yeah. rock scene. Yeah. And I think some of them, they really do resonate, but also some of them, they just like the, the delivery of it, uh, and it just feels very flat, even though it's Matthew Lillard. And so I think a lot of the that first movie just does feel like lightning in a bottle where, if not for the cast and the, um, I guess, just whatever resources they had available to them, where like they were working with a lot of young uh, 20-year-olds and the director would have been... Um, in his late twenties at the time. And so maybe they were just more in a scene where like, they were able to like get access to this uh, Mm -hmm. wicked looking punk house. And they were able to get like all their punk friends over. And I don't really know. I'm just theorizing, but the movie uh, the first one really does a whole lot get by on just the, uh, the scene that it takes place in. And it, it feels very of an era and like the casting is just, amazing and and uh, that might have not even been fully realized until years later but like matthew lillard and jason siegel and Devin sawa um it also has christopher mcdonald who's an older actor who i love you guys would recognize him if you saw him he's in like uh happy gilmore he plays shooter mcgavin and, okay uh, yeah. uh he was actually the dad in leave it to beaver cory um <laughs> he and he he's uh His story in it brings a whole lot of cool, dramatic weight to the movie, and the movie is not without like stuff in it that really hit home with me. In fact, the first SLC Punk, I would recommend it to anyone for one specific scene... I guess I will I'll spoil it here just because we know about it, given uh, the sequel. But the near the end of the first movie, heroine Bob's character dies and Matthew Lillard finds his body. They're best friends. And the performance that Matthew Lillard gives in the scene is one of the most remarkable pieces of acting I've ever seen in my life. It is absolutely incredible. And the filmmaking is great as well. Um because the camera just really stays on him the entire time. And it takes place in this grungy punk house. But it's just these two characters. One of them dead and one of them bawling his eyes out. Absolutely incredible. So that really floored me. Um, and the movie just has a lot of character to it. And a lot of charm. And for that reason, I really liked it. And it made me want to re-watch it right after I finished it. Just because uh, it's, it's, it felt very unique. And now, SLC Punk 2 to me it di- it didn't have any of that uniqueness any of that charm um while I think a lot of the casting of these younger actors is is really good like i I think all these actors are charismatic I don't think the writing is is there like there's just so little happening in this movie I think Corey what you said about how it's unclear where they're going like where this concert is I think that applies for most things in this movie, like it's just <laughs> not clear what's happening, it's like chunks are missing. And, and with the movie being 68 minutes, you know, that could be a great thing, but I think in this case, the movie could have actually used more time. It's um, 68 minutes yeah. with a dream sequence, and with it, a dream sequence, a concert sequence, oh, an exten- as,
0: a dream sequence, an extended concert sequence, and multiple cuts to a dead guy
1: yeah and it feels especially <laughs> hazy to me because like on top of all of that you've got this frame narrative that the whole story is sort of structured around and then like they sort of quote unquote structured because this movie's got no fucking yeah, structure yeah no, there's no structure but um, and it keeps referencing like past events and so or it, it feels like I'm missing out on something like massive uh, having not seen the original maybe I'm not um, but I was just like felt completely out of the loop or out of the out of it this entire sort of thing and I was just yeah.
2: Yeah, and and I got to say um I don't think that was the right approach to take. I don't think it's worth it to bank on what happened in the last movie as much as this movie does. It it feels very confused the time that split between the uh, characters from the first movie that would be Devin Sawa and um
0: um uh fuck which one? james duvall
2: john his name is john he's a black metal guy he's the black metal guy
0: yeah okay cool
2: yeah um those two (laughs) characters and then uh trish who i don't think that what trish wasn't even played by the same actress but the character is the same um i think that the movie feels very sloppy the way it it jumps back and forth between that story and the kids' stories. And I think it would have been much better served just focusing on the kids. Um, And my, my Feeling is that at one point, the split would have made more sense because perhaps in an initial draft, Matthew Lillard would have come back, which I think is just necessary in order to make it feel like a, a sequel in that way. Jason Segel would be nice as well, but Matthew Lillard is who you really need. And... Matthew Lillard posted a tweet um, sometime before the movie came out saying, I'm not involved in the movie. It's as as much of a shock to me as it is to you or something like that. I'm not quoting verbatim, but um, I just don't know what the deal was there. And the fact that he's missing and we still are visiting these older characters just makes me feel like you should have done some readjusting and just focused on the kids because I don't think the kids get enough time. And I don't think what's happening with the older characters is interesting enough to warrant them even being there. And so the movie just feels very confused.
0: The real tweets even better. (laughs) Uh, I'm officially not involved with SLC punk sequel. I know, I think it's weird too, but dot, 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 there you go. Good luck to all involved. And then somebody replied saying, people, I wanted a response to why, what is SLC Punk without you know, like your character? And he says, I think that question is probably best answered by them. And then Devin Sawa tweeted, I wish you were big fan for a long time, truly. Nice. What the fuck weird thing happened that made it so they didn't put Matthew Lillard in this movie? Because it sounds like he would have done it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And I think uh, just not only reading between the lines of that tweet, but just also sort of picturing how this movie must have come together and the fact that they were raising money and the amount of money raised uh, would um, make would would decide whether you can do certain things you want to do. Um, I just think that there must have been uh, some some weird things going on in making this movie. And I just think the final product we got uh, feels very obligatory. It feels like the director said he was gonna do a second one and he raised some money, so we had to do a second one and he <laughs> did his best, I, I guess. I backed
0: myself into a corner by raising all this money.
2: Yeah, but I just really think there's there's not enough here. It wasn't entirely miserable. Like like I said, I, I like the teen actors, um, but I think it is very pointless and uh didn't really give me anything I wanted I would love to hear what you guys think uh, you're up Mitch <sighs>
1: um, well I'm glad it was short <laughs> um, I will say so I I've said I've shown my hand a bit uh, going in I felt like I was completely out of the loop having not seen the original. But fundamentally, what we have here is just like a, a guys and a, people hanging out movie. It's like a hangout movie. Um, and I feel like fundamentally for a movie like that to work, be it like, I don't know, like Licorice Pizza or like literally like anything, just like um, movies like that where characters just sort of colliding in circumstances. That Days and confused. To, yeah, dazed and confused. You kind of have to like the people that you're hanging out with or identify with something in them. Um, and I just like, didn't like any of the characters. I thought Machine Gun Kelly's performance as Crash was kind of obnoxious. I thought Ross was obnoxious. I thought, um, I don't remember the name of the character, but the the, the female lead. Penny. Oh, Penny, yeah. I thought that that her character was kind of annoying i thought the whole sort of script was imbued with this forced edginess and like i recognize that like a lot of that has to do with just sort of like punk and that's like what uh punk (laughs) i don't want to say that's what punk is but i think it has to do with the writer not being very good the writer not being very good yeah honestly because i feel like there is like sort of like an or like organic sort of um thing essence that you can capture with like a lot of stories about punk and i think films like like 24 hour party people or other movies kind of like uh encapsulate that like that essence um better and i just think everything in this feels forced um and it's the shortest movie we've done but i was ready for it to be over not for me I'm also not the target audience though. I'm not like the person who saw this movie back in the nineties, or I-, I wasn't in like the punk scene. Uh there's moments that made me smile in this movie, and I don't think it's all bad, but um yeah, I think that I I think the general did us dirty. Uh I'll put it in the most explicit
0: terms of views yet. This movie sucks. Um Yeah. I mean, again, I wouldn't disagree with
1: you. I I think there's a handful
0: of things that I smile at as well, um, including when they show up to that concert and there's a guy in line named Jerry and everybody knows Jerry.
1: I fucking love you, Jerry, and it's like I've been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also Jerry asks if he's buzzed and he just goes, "Yes, Jerry, I'm buzzed." And it's like been there. Um, speaks to me, but um, this movie, uh. This movie feels like an exercise in in how patient your audience is.
1: And mm. with 60 um, minutes, that's bold.
0: Yeah, but largely what I mean by that is it it's completely aimless. Mm-hmm. And a, as we you guys have already said, there's not a lot of relatability overall to what's what's happening and how like these characters are. And I don't know, I didn't see a lot that I could connect with in like Ross's kind of plight so that uh, didn't really click and then the dialogue doesn't feel super accurate to like both teenagers and maybe also punks and maybe just regular people it's very like trying to sound cool and also very concerned with like categorizing people in a way that i find kind of annoying i and agree. also gets but, away. I don't care if your movie's set in 2005 and it came out in 2016. You can't say the F-slur this many times mm-hmm. in your movie. You I just counted can't. like
1: four or five.
0: Yeah, you can't say it that many times. Uh I don't love it. Uh I don't love it because be it edgy. doesn't I don't love it because it doesn't communicate anything. No. Uh but also it's just got weird stupid shit in it like, "Oh wow, a girl into cars."
1: she's one of the girls
0: your gender challenge just like it's like distilled teen cringe for 16 year olds that want to feel like cool interesting people Mm -hmm. um and but to liam's other point about like how the production of the movie itself feels this movie is phenomenally sparse both in terms of like characterization as mentioned and also just the narrative structure of what the fuck is happening because so we're in salt lake city they're going somewhere somewhere that may not be salt lake city but if they're all from salt lake city they somehow end up wherever penny's dad is almost by the end of the movie and then they leave and then they go somewhere else and uh it's still a fairly accessible location but they say they have to drive through mountains and it's really far away none of the logistics of what's happening is very clear but even when you get into like the sets themselves you have a car mm-hmm. and a bunch of roads you don't have to pay for uh you get um the steampunk shop straight up looks like something like they rented an empty business yep and just put put the bare minimum amount of stuff out to make it have decor in it that felt appropriate, but it doesn't in any way communicate like a a a quirky steampunk store run by this like eccentric lady. Um the black metal shop is the same. It looks like the back room of a place you could <laughs> it's rent. It's the
2: exact same. Like it looks like the the it's the same it's the, room if and if then you they turn just the redressed camera it. around.
0: Yeah. Um and then there's like one thing in a parking lot. Also, this is the most brightly lit punk show I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. yeah. It's you a very very see-
1: sterile punk show. It's like yeah. it's, no one's even sweating. Like there's not someone that like, covered in sweat. There's yeah, it's um so like just in those like mechanical ways, it's
0: it's weird. Also, um Liam also mentioned like a kind of just disjointed feeling between like the the angles of the story. Yes. Um this movie fades or cuts to black between these stories
1: and also like the dead guy all the time it's very lazy in that regard and if it doesn't cut to that it cuts to like the old people ruminating about like their past life and the past movie and their their kids it feels like that feels very like it
0: like borderline episodic but in a way that doesn't make any sense but then at the same time like once you get to the part where it's like okay they're gonna elevate this by having like the characters say or do something interesting and it's just like nope um, uh, Devin Sawa and other guy are just gonna kind of like vaguely ruminate on like past relationships they've had with the people involved. Um, Trish is gonna be the most underwritten woman in the history of movies. Yeah, like what uh, the
1: hell is going on with her? With her dad and like, yeah, no, Trish is oh, sorry, the mom. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry.
0: The, see, it's not a good sign that you cannot even fucking tell these people. Apart. I did
1: watch it like a few hours ago, so that's my. I'm um, no, point. I'm just saying like. You should be able to fucking know who's who. So Penny like, who I'm
0: thinking of. Yeah, but like as the mom, she's just like her entire character trait is like um being worried about her son and also uh deferring to men when they're speaking to her. Yeah. And it's like that sucks. Um and then yeah, the penny Story with Especially her dad, with her
1: father, and and like the the sort of subtext there. Not even subtext. It's not
0: subtext. It's text. It's but text. Perfect example of this movie having no fucking idea what it's doing. So they randomly show up at a gas station where Penny's dad is. They pull in. She's like, oh shit, my dad's here." She gets out. They immediately have a confrontation where they're just like, "We have to make it clear that the dad is bad," mm-hmm. um, and. So he starts, like, yelling about, like, where she's been and what she's been doing, which is weird because it's the middle of the fucking day and it's, like, bright sunny and it's, like, ostensibly this has only been happening today. It seems like it's maybe been two hours. Um, And then she's, Mm -hmm. like, sort of talking back to him and um, he punches her right in the mouth uh, out of fucking nowhere. And then she starts in retaliation like smashing up his truck and saying that she's like not gonna jerk off her dad anymore and it's like whoa 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 whoa. movie movie you gotta fucking slow down
1: it's interesting because outside of the show at the end that's probably the most expensive scene or it's one of the most expensive scenes yeah but also
0: it's taking really
1: really big subject matter big swings
0: and just fucking shoving it down your throat and doing nothing with it at all and it's like here's her
1: motivation he's a piece of shit we have to
0: communicate why she's like this and i guess it's because her dad is bad and it's like oh okay so i think that does a good job of encapsulating the degree to which the movie is not executing on these ideas at all yeah um on the flip side too you just get like ross's like ruminations and I'm just like I don't care about what this kid has to say
1: because his point of view is is not particularly like interesting or, or great either he's kind of a piece of shit Um, and, like, and look he... teenagers get a pass to be a piece
0: of shit but like oh yeah can he, be, can he at least be interesting
1: uh, <laughs> I mean like he is interesting but only like so much as like the bit is interesting like, like the sort of like the Lord Byron fish out of water I look do at...
0: really like the visual of him and his ex girlfriend and she's like Got a parasol and is dressed completely in white. Oh, and he's yeah, in, like this old
1: ass fucking suit. And they're just like fucking around at a grave. It's not devoid of like of like good ideas. Um, I just wish that it had been imp- implemented better, right? But the idea of sort of like your gothic, moody, romantic, like he he fits perfectly into this scene, but he's like too pretentious to sort of to do it. But like he. <sighs> something about like those two ideas sort of work and um but then the execution is so bad
0: that yeah and also i and the movie feels like it has to stop every five minutes and tell you exactly what's happening in case you didn't see the other one i guess but
1: it doesn't even know what's happening
0: and it's it's so annoying like the explainers about like the different subgenres of punk or just like who's who from like what's his face from bob Mm -hmm. are just kind of aggravating and then, like, the characterization's kind of weird, and, like, it's got a really poor sense of, like, who these characters are, and, like, what the arc that they're yeah. on is.
1: And the laziness with the storytelling, I think, is sort of cut with, like, a forced edginess that's, like, well, fuck you. I'm not explaining anything. Like, the final line of the film is, fuck you. Um, oh, yeah. I think there's, I think there's, like, a carelessness that is sort of, um, like, imbued with this sort of like forced aggressiveness that I just like I I don't like. Also just a fun example of like this weird
0: tone is that one of the characters grew up uh I did I write down the name of the fucking website? I hope I did. I don't remember what the website was called. But there's one of the guys in this is like getting dunked on uh for exploiting workers. Uh but the reason they're trying to make that argument is because he owns a website that's basically Suicide Girls, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like, okay, I can I guess you can make this point about Devin Sawa not liking capitalism, but like this is a very specific time to do that. Also, wow, movie, pretty rich of you to try to make a speech about not exploiting women. Like. <laughs> yeah. You're doing enough of that on your own, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Um mm-hmm. but at the same time the one thing i can i can sympathize with overall is uh, I can sympathize with uh
1: being intoxicated and feeling compelled to give a big speech oh absolutely and <laughs> i i can relate to like a lot of like the like some of like the sentiments i think especially ones which come in, come out in relation to sort of like um like being intoxicated or just sort of like making a fool of yourself and like some of that stuff i think like when i was younger Like when I think of like who I was when I was younger, like some of that kind of resonates, but a lot of it doesn't.
0: (laughs) And honestly, that's that's like I don't even have a lot more than that because the movie is so consistently one note. We haven't even brought up the entire anecdote. That's just they
1: find a guy on the side of the road who has drugs. And there's like And he's a Jamaican he's a Jamaican man and so of of course yeah. of course he's packing a bunch of drugs, right? So it's I don't and then they take like eight minutes to just like that shit.
0: They take eight minutes to just like have a detour. This movie is loaded with detours for something that's like
1: 75 minutes credits included. Uh-huh. It feels it's like crazy. I feel like so many sort of like 90s uh independent cinema just had like movies with people like in their coupe de ville's. Or you know, just like your your heritage car with fins like driving nowhere um,
2: I don't know feels very much a part of that time, yeah, and if it if it felt more like a part of that time, I think I would like it more, but like it it only feels like that on paper, whereas yeah. in execution, it feels like uh it feels like it belongs to no time period, like it doesn't feel like the 20 uh, 2010s it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like, doesn't I saw feel it, like say 2005.
0: It was, yeah, I when the movie said that, I honestly thought I misheard it because there was nothing to communicate that it was 2005.
2: Yeah, it's it's purely just to uh, have the actors be the age they are, because the first one took place in the 80s, not in 1998. So Um, and so I think that automatically hinders it because the movie, it turns out, isn't saying anything about 2000s culture, which I thought that that would be the whole point. I thought it being called Punk's Dead would would be about um, what punk has become, uh, and uh, talk about like the internet and um, maybe like some MySpace stuff in there, how, how the punk genre has evolved and what these kids think of it. But it, it doesn't at all. The characters just feel like archetypes and then the movie actually isn't saying anything. The closest it gets is that part about all the punk subgenres and, uh, and that doesn't really mean anything either and then for the movie to then just conclude with um this music festival that they invited all the kicks the indiegogo backers to come to so this was really just like a a party for the backers and they spend so much time just it, it basically turns into a concert film with a performance of um a band that played in the first movie and I think besides like just being cute that that band played in the first movie and now they're playing in this movie, I think it it, it means absolutely nothing. I think if they made a point about that in some way about like how the music from back then uh, still connects with people now, or if they had changed the concert and made them going to a slightly different, like more, modern punk concert maybe that could have meant something but it didn't mean anything and i just think that a movie that is 68 minutes like i i feel like i've got to be way harder on it because every little bit of it like should mean something and the fact that 10 minutes of it is just a concert film like there's really nothing happening uh narratively there and like you guys said yeah i'm it's not communicating the the feeling of being at um punk show like people don't look sweaty uh the the lighting and like just the the camera work isn't very interesting i think the closest it gets to making a cool point at that point and i actually did really like this is heroin bob's uh narration when he says that while all these people are at the show uh they're carefree and nothing else matters in the world i thought Mm -hmm. that that was really beautiful and i liked that but um i agree It feels like it just sort of stumbled upon that. And any any good thing in this movie, the movie stumbles upon it, because I think if it knew that those things were the good parts, it would have done more (laughs) of it or like worked harder to build up to it. another example is uh, when Penny breaks her dad's windshield and is yelling at him and i thought halfway through that scene i thought it was going to be the best scene in the movie i thought it was going to be the equivalent of matthew lillard crying in the first movie when her dad punches her in the face i was so shocked and i thought that the acting up until that point uh really delivered like i i felt the the hurt and embarrassment she had. And I felt his anger and I felt how awful that must be for her. And then for him to outright punch her in the face, I thought, Holy shit, where is this going to go? And then, um, just the, the breaking the windshield thing. Okay. That's fine. That that's where it's going. But I thought the editing in that scene was really strange. Like the camera keeps cutting, um, and so, so it makes it harder for me to connect with the emotion because it, it feels very scattered. And then she repeats the same line a whole bunch of times. Like she says, I hate you, dad, over and over and keeps calling him dad. And I thought that that just felt really uh, strange to me. Like it it felt like it was just like cutting together multiple takes. And then the absolute cherry on top is when she says, so now I guess you'll be jerking yourself off. and. Uh, then a whole new layer is pulled back. I'm like, oh, this is what's happening in this relationship. And that then the is- scene's just over. And then it's over, yeah. So like- this
1: sort of feels contrived as in, <laughs> as in a way to just be like, he is a piece of shit. Here is why he's a piece of shit. But and, I, and we're just, just going to leave that. And we're not going to develop our characters or flesh them out, but it's just like, mm-hmm. just and like, on the flip side, in your pipe like, and smoke it.
0: I actually think, just on the flip side of what Liam said, because I think you could take it another way, mm-hmm. she's just like, I thought the punch was like really silly because it felt really over the top.
1: I agree. I thought it, it was just total like pantomime. Um, I needed
0: more bits that were like, he walks in to buy beer, but he's so clueless about what normal people are like. He doesn't, he just pays and doesn't show ID and just buys beer. And
1: I thought that was good. And I like, yeah, that was good. Um, I thought the bit where he was like coming up on mushrooms and like talking about his perspective and other people's perspectives, like hilarious and, and, admittedly like relatable that's nice i'm glad um, that worked
2: for you mitch that that scene for me um like half worked for me i thought it went on a bit long and it felt like um did. it it was um like an improv montage like they just filmed this yeah. actor who again i think is charismatic and funny and i thought some of his lines were funny but it felt like they just filmed him for however long doing his thing and then and then cut it all together and mm. i think In other movies, that totally works. Like like Judd Apatow does that stuff all the time, and in some of his movies it works, and some it doesn't. And so that one, I felt like it just went on a bit long in the editing. And another, um, do you have anything else you want to say about it in particular?
1: No, no, I was just I was just saying that like that particular part of that vignette where they're talking about perspectives. <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that 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 was good and that I, I would have kept that for sure cuz yeah. I think that that was gold. But then the scene goes on a bit long. And another example of that in the movie is when um uh, customer is at the Black Metal store and he like wants to buy a smoke, smoke bomb. That and that
1: scene can fucking go like with yeah. John the Mod, with <laughs> yeah. John the Mod and and, that uh, whole uh, like, And yeah, John and the And black John the Mod is fucking,
2: like saying uh, that it's not for sale. And I think I wrote that, down the quote. I get what they were doing there where it's just like sort of like a funny interaction. Like one of my favorite movies, Judd Apatow, 40 year old virgin has a similar thing where it's Jonah Hill Mm. at a store and he's trying to buy some shoes, but the, the clerk is telling him that they don't actually sell anything at this store. They just sell the stuff on eBay and like, and, and you can tell (laughs) there, yeah. (laughs) And you you can and and that's what Jonah Hill is like. He like doesn't understand it. He just it is wants illegal to, buy to the sell a smoke
1: bomb without a proper license.
2: And so it just feels like they they <laughs> let these actors like improv and, and sort of mug on this uh, idea, and then they were like, "Yo, that's funny. Let's put it in mm-hmm. the movie." But it it did not feel funny to me. And I get that that's like very subjective, and someone could have right. bowled over at this scene. But um, for me, it didn't work. And then. Couple that with, like, everything else that's not working in that moment, which is, like, the set. Corey described it perfectly. I think every set in this movie, like, feels awkward and honestly, like, kind of unsettling and creepy. Like, it It feels feels very... It feels like
1: it was shot in a portable, like, in, in, like, your school. The one that nobody wanted to use that was being
2: used for, like, storage. Um, Yeah. Oh. And so all that on top of it, like, it just felt really uncomfortable.
1: I have a theory, Liam, about this movie and about, like, a lot of those sort of nostalgia... Uh, performances with like John the and the other people and a lot of like those sort of scenes where it's like what is my son doing is he could he be a punk I hope he's not being he doesn't drink um like all those scenes feel very improvised and it feels like maybe they're just like improvising and like what they remember their characters to be like 20 30 years later um 20 years later is is it like does it feel like they're sort of like basing it off of like an ideal Or, like, what they thought it might have been, or what their characters were like. Like, is there any sort of like of these returning characters? Do you see like any of their
2: previous tendencies or like charm shining through? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, no, I didn't see it at all. Like, I think, um, Devin Sawa mainly like still has a, a, a sort of charisma about him, but I think the writing does him so dirty and like just gives him absolutely nothing. I think the most his character gets is just when heroine Bob describes that he works for a senator now, but I didn't feel that in the performance at all. I felt like hmm. all of these older characters were just like getting together to hang out and uh, because they hadn't seen each other in a while and then they're like doing some sort of like fan fiction or like you know when jimmy fallon gets actors back to like recreate a scene from back in the day and like they they put the costumes on them that must have been pulled just like randomly from the wardrobe but they it had feels lying like they around they might not all want to be, be there or if they <laughs> <Yeah>. do, <laughs> it, it also feels like that it's true it's true like it's like if they were having fun i think the fun would have been happening when the cameras were off, and then when the cameras are on, it just may makes them all feel guys, much guys, more guys, awkward and Yeah, the and the
1: cameras have to think, are on. Like, who is this for? Like, because I don't know if it's for the 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 dedicated fans. It's certainly not for like 2016. <sighs> on on some level, it feels like very self indulgent. Like, it's for the people who made the old movie. Just for the sake of getting together, but they don't seem like they want to be together. Like I,
2: I, can't understand who this is for, dude. You know what I think, Mitch? I think once all is said and done, it's for the people that donated money to get the movie made. I think um, originally it would have been their money back. It, yeah, <laughs> originally it would have been for everyone. You said it would have been for fans of the original. Um, it would have been for the cast and crew of the original. to to get back and do their characters again and see where their characters are now. And it also uh, ideally would have been for teenagers of today, teenagers of 2005, if that's where they're setting it. Like Mm -hmm. I think, and that was likely the goal, but I think somewhere along the line, whether it's money or like negotiations, the fact that Matthew Lillard isn't in this and put out that tweet where he seems like he wanted to be in in it, but couldn't be. And then Devin Sawa is... replying in the tweet saying like I wish you were in it too. Devin Sawa is a producer on this movie. Like what are you talking about you wish he was in it? Why can't he <laughs> you just you be can, in you it? You can put him in the movie. This is a pretty
1: this movie just seems like it's like held together with strings like in someone's backyard like just invite him over to the barbecue to make the movie, you know? I'm yeah. glad Matthew Lillard's not in it cuz he might have had a bad
0: time or I would have to say something mean about Matthew Yeah, Lillard.
1: I'm glad he's not here too so we don't have to like He doesn't have to see this. Him. He doesn't deserve
0: that. Um
1: yeah, we try not to shit on movies. I don't think we're doing it too we tried badly to, here.
0: Well, I mean, like, you know, and I I don't think we're shitting on it. I think it's no. just it is what it is. You know? Yeah.
1: Like I honestly like it. do I'm be like out. that sometimes. I'm running out I'm, of d- stuff I'm to I'm punked say. out, frankly. I'm
2: done, honestly. Liam? Uh yeah. I would just say the movie is awkward, uh yes. uncomfortable. Um pretty uh pointless um doesn't seem like it's directed toward anyone in particular directionless yeah directionless (laughs) and uh i would i would kind of like if that if that doesn't sum it up up enough i would say you kind of just have to see it to believe it and i would think that most people would agree with what we're saying here you know i think uh i would love to hear from someone who really likes this movie and and hear how they connected to it but i think like this movie just has a whole lot working against it and again it's like far from uh the worst movie i've seen because it it does have redeeming qualities but it is definitely way up there with like most disappointing and uh confusing movies I've seen just because I think this had potential to be so much more and it's a shame that this is what it ended up being well we're not generaling this week
0: Uh,
1: that's right it's up to you pal
2: what's Uh, happening so
1: how are you gonna fix this next week we are watching a childhood favorite of mine agent Cody Banks 2 (laughs) is that specifically your favorite it is one of my favorites. I had it on DVD and I have watched it like more times than I care to say. And with any luck, I'll have my sisters Devin and Paige on the show.
2: Sick. That'll be awesome.
1: Yeah. But no no, no promises? But have, have either of you seen it?
0: I mean, maybe. I don't remember uh, what it's about. So. All I'm
1: going to say is war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing.
0: Oh, of course. Destination London. Who could forget? <laughs> i
2: have i have i have seen it before mitch let's fucking
1: go chocolate surprise baby what never mind just watch the movie next week and you'll get it you'll get there i think i might have seen it before but certainly not enough to like really remember it at all those are sometimes good i'm i'm intrigued this is a long
2: time coming I love it. I like that this season we're uh, revisiting childhood classics for Mitch, Looney Tunes, <laughs> Cody Banks. I'd love to do a few more before it's no. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I love when it.
1: I was a when I was a kid. I used to have like these sunglasses that had like mirrors on the side that I got at a book fair. And like, oh
2: yeah, you spy on people. Yeah, right? uh,
1: this was like around like Cody Banks around that time. I also loved back Johnny. when the Scholastic Books fair yeah. was selling spy gear to children. They were selling spy gear. I had like motion detectors as well. Pretty cool.
0: Agent Cody Banks, two.
1: That's the one.
0: That's the one. All right. So before uh, we uh, Cody Cody Banks it up, um, do you have anything you want to plug, bitch?
1: So glad you asked. Ah, punk is dead.
0: Um, why do you think Liam that heroin Bob is wearing like a full onesie, long johns, but then also shorts? It's
2: fucking punk, dude. Is that a punk thing to do? Yeah, yeah. Why? What does that outfit communicate? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> what does any out of outfit communicate? I don't know. It just looks cool, I guess. Does it? I don't know. I, I kind of. I was like, "What's up with this guy?" Hmm. You kind of sound like a boomer. Oh, that's genuinely the meanest thing you've ever said to me. But I guess I guess because it's directed at a boomer, like Heroin Bob is a boomer, maybe it's like you're an out-of-touch. Is he a boomer, or is he just dead? Well, he would have been born in, like, the 60s. I don't know. Like All both. boomers are
0: dead, if you think about it. What's the difference? <laughs> Dave, he came back just to make fun of boomers. Uh, Liam, do you have anything you want to plug that's probably not about boomers?
2: Yeah, my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, uh, is on Twitter and Letterboxd. The username is Graham the Mallow. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd as well at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to the other
0: show that I do, MK uh, with our friend Neil. It's about Mortal Kombat stuff of various varieties. Uh, right now we're talking about some comic books. Uh, I think I think we're still talking about comic books anyway. We will be in the future if you want to see that, mkpodquest.com. Uh Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd, that TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everywhere else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at TMAOPodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and... This movie didn't really inspire a particularly funny
2: question. I must admit. Um, that's the meanest thing you've ever said to one of these people. <laughs> what's your favorite book
0: our fantastic thumbnail art is done by jade dickinson you can find it on instagram at jade sketches and with all that out of the way we'll catch you here next week with potentially five people and one agent cody banks And um, they made another one <laughs>